0: Taylor. I'm Kat. And welcome to our final Halloween bonus episode. That was supposed to be a drum roll if you
1: couldn't. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, yay! Uh, today we're going to tell you guys some ghost stories and spooky tales. And yeah, let's get into it. Yeah over to taylor i'm very excited well campfire story sesh here uh
0: so i i wanted to do this topic because i kept thinking about like classic spooky stories that like you might hear as a kid and one kept popping up in my mind or like one collection of them i guess So when I was a kid in school, we had library class a couple times every week. And this is like elementary school, so like primary school. And Mm -hmm. the librarian, Mrs. Webb, would read us stories of like occasionally. We also learned how to use encyclopedias, which is hilarious when you think about it now. But
1: (laughs) I fucking love encyclopedias. I found my childhood encyclopedias last year. Oh. And I kept almost all of them. Some of them went to a charity shop. but yeah, They're the best. Most of
0: them. Yeah. So, like, we would do that and we'd do, like, science fair projects and library, but also a lot of it was just, like, <laughs> getting read stories, too. And come Halloween, Mrs. Webb would always read from the venerated classic scary story selection, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, Nice. By Alvin Schwartz. So these are like scary stories that are like probably sort of urban legends have been collected over time. There's a bunch of different versions of them. So I figured I would read two because they're kind of short. This first one, I actually don't remember from when I was a kid, but I thought it was a good one. And then the second one is like. The one, the <laughs> scary story from my childhood. So let's do it. So, the first story is called The Haunted House. Ooh. Yeah, it's very appropriate. Yeah, I'm just going to read it. So, and we'll put a link to the book in the show notes if you want to go buy it. And it's a collection. There's like three of them. There's like scary stories to tell in the dark, even more scary stories, that kind of thing. So, We'll we'll get you set up, guys. Don't (laughs) worry. Okay. The haunted house. One time, a preacher went to see if he could put a haunt to rest at a house in his settlement. The house had been haunted for about ten years. Several people had tried to stay there all night. They always would get scared out by the haunt. Guessing that means, like, spirit or something. Hmm. Um... So this preacher took his Bible and went to the house, went on in, built himself a good fire and lit a lamp, sat there reading the Bible. Then just before midnight, he heard something start up in the cellar, walking back and forth, back and forth. Then it sounded like somebody was trying to scream and got choked off. Oh, Uh. Then there was a lot of thrashing around and struggling, and finally everything got quiet. The old preacher took up his Bible again, but before he could start reading, he heard footsteps coming up the cellar stairs. He sat watching the door to the cellar, and the footsteps kept coming closer and closer. He saw the doorknob turn, and when the door began to open, he jumped up and hollered, What do you want? Fair.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'd shout that at someone if they were walking around my house annoying me. Yeah. Uh, The door shut back easy-like,
0: and there wasn't a sound. The preacher was trembling a little, but he finally opened the Bible and read a while. Then he got up and laid the book on the chair, and went to tending the fire. It says mending the fire, but I think it means tending the fire. (laughs) Then the haunt started walking again, and step, step, step up the cellar stairs. The old preacher sat watching the door and saw the doorknob turn and the door open. It looked like a young woman. He backed up and said, Who are you? What do you want? You guys tell I'm not an actor. (laughs) (laughs) The haunt sort of swayed like she didn't know what to do. Then she just faded out. The old preacher waited and waited, and when he didn't hear any more noises, he went over and shut the door. He was sweating and trembling all over, but he was a brave man, and he thought he'd be able to see it through. So he turned his chair to where he could watch, and he sat down and waited. It wasn't long before he heard the haunt start up again, slowly. Step, 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 step. Closer and closer. Step, step. And it was right at the door. The preacher stood up and held his Bible out before him. Then the knob slowly turned and the door opened wide. This time the preacher spoke, quiet like. He said, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, who are you and what do you want? The haunt came right across the room, straight to him, and took hold of his coat. It was a young woman, about 20 years old. Her hair was torn and tangled, and the flesh was dropping off her face so he could see the bones and parts of her teeth. She had no eyeballs, but there was a sort of blue light way back in her eye sockets, and she had no nose to her face.
1: I mean, this is just harsh on this poor woman. I know, like, she's had a rough day. She's clearly not having the best day. Yeah, like,
0: rude. Uh, Then she started talking. It sounded like her voice was coming and going with the wind blowing it. She told how her lover had killed her for her money and buried her in the cellar. She said if the preacher would dig up her bones and bury her properly, she could rest. Then she told him to take the end joint of the little finger from her left hand and to lay it in the collection plate at the ne- next church meeting and he'd find out who had murdered her. Obviously that's how
1: it works. <laughs> what the fuck this this was read to small school children. Yeah. <laughs> Uh,
0: And she said, if you come back here once more after that, you'll hear my voice at midnight, and I'll tell you where my money is hid, and you can give it to the church. It's very altruistic. Yeah. Uh, The haunt sobbed like she was tired, and she snuck down towards the floor. Oh. (laughs) And she sunk down towards the floor and was gone. The preacher found her bones and buried them in the graveyard. The next Sunday... The preacher put the finger bone in the collection plate, and when a certain man happened to touch it, it stuck to his hand. (sighs) The man jumped up and rubbed and scraped and tore at that bone, trying to get it off. Then he went to screaming like he was going crazy. Well, he confessed to the murder, and they took him to jail. (laughs)
2: Just love that phrasing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> after the man was hung the preacher went back to that house one midnight and the haunt's voice told him to dig under the hearthrock. he did and he found a big sack of money and where the haunt had held on to his coat the print of those bony fingers was burned right into the cloth it
2: never did come out that's it
1: I'm gonna dig under the hearth in our uh Living room. We've got an open fire. There's always money under the hearth. There's
0: always money in the banana stand. I mean, in the hearth. No, I... Yeah.
2: That's wild.
1: It's it's a very kind of classic um, sort of story, though. The, whole, the bones needing to be, you know, being yeah. kil- killed and uh, murdered and, and hid under the floorboards and needing to be reinterred so you can be at peace. Yeah, yeah. Um, see. I like that it's wildly inappropriate for uh-huh. like six year olds it sure is I don't know if like we ever got that
0: one told to us but I just saw it it all these have quite striking and spooky illustrations so oh. there is an illustration of that lovely uh, description of her face which caught my eye <laughs> poor woman Sorry. like she's She's had a rough go of it. She's been buried in the cellar, and you're just telling everyone what a bad face day she's having.
1: I know, that's just rude. It
0: really is. Um, but yeah, I liked that one. And now, the next one. The piece de resistance. The spooky story that I remember scaring the ever-loving crap out of me as a child. So, we'll have to see how scary it actually is for adults, because it terrified me. I'm ready. So, this one's called The Hook. Donald and Sarah went to the movies. Then they went for a ride in Donald's car. They parked up on a hill at the edge of town. From there, they could see the lights up and down the valley. Donald turned on the radio and found some music but an announcer broke in with a news bulletin. A murderer had escaped from the state prison. He was armed with a knife and was headed south on foot. His left hand was missing. In its place, he wore a hook. Let's roll up the windows and lock the doors, said Sarah. That's a good idea, said Donald. The prison isn't too far away, said Sarah. Maybe we really should go home. But it's only 10 o'clock, said Donald. I don't care what time it is, she said. I want to go home. Look, Sarah, said Donald. He's not going to climb all the way up here. Why would he do that? Even if he did, all the doors are locked. How could he get in? So basically...
1: I'm not liking this Donald character. I know.
0: Basically, Donald just wants some lovin' at Lover's Lane. He doesn't...
1: This is basically about abstinence, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> this is why you were taught it as small children. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, Yeah. How could he get in?
0: Donald, he could take that hook and break through a window and open a door, she said. I'm scared. I want to go home. Donald was annoyed. <laughs> I don't remember this part. <laughs> girls are always afraid of something, he said. As he started the car, Sarah thought she heard someone or something scratching at her door. Did you hear that? She said as they roared away. It sounded like somebody was trying to get in. Oh, sure, said Donald. Soon they got to her house. Would you like to come in and have some cocoa, she said. I think these are all (laughs) written in the, like, 50s or 60s. I say that
1: really age, is yeah. it? <laughs> I do love Coco, though.
0: It is good. It is good. Mm-hmm. Um, no. He said, I've got to go home. So he's pissed. He didn't get any.
2: Dude.
0: Uh, he went around to the other side of the car to let her out. Hanging on the door handle was a hook.
2: <sighs> That's it. Oh, is that it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I really like that. Right? <laughs> Just like I don't know what it is about that. I I've, I've heard different versions of that
1: over the years. I mean, it's the Zodiac. Yeah. Tex and Phantom. Phantom, um all like every pretty much every slasher film. Yeah.
0: No, totally. Um
1: I really like that. Yeah.
0: So, that was, I I don't know, just something about, like, scratching, light scratch. Because, like, if you're in the, like, parking in the woods or something, or driving through the woods, you know, like, branches scratch the car windows. It can be kind of scary, but, like, there's a fucking hook. (laughs) Also, that poor murderer walking around without an extra hand. I know. So rude. So, yeah. Um... that's what kept me up at night as (laughs) a (laughs)
1: child um yeah so i don't really remember any ghost stories we were told growing up or like cautionary tales like you know like hazel drew like we talked about a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. i do happen to come from a supposedly very haunted town (laughs) so i'm going to tell you a bit about it It's shocking that I didn't have loads of ghost stories told to me as a child. Because of how haunted this town is. Yeah, no shit. So I'm from just outside of Whitby in North Yorkshire in North East England. I think I've probably mentioned it before. I know everyone knows I'm from North East England. Whitby is famous for a number of reasons. It's the town where Captain James Cook learned his craft and set sail from. Mm. It had a thriving fishing and whaling industry back in the day commemorated by the massive whalebone arches on the town's west cliff, which have become a symbol of the town. And they're fucking huge. <laughs> they're about 10, 12 feet. Yeah. So it's a, a whale's, I think it's an upper jaw. Wow. Mm, big. Yeah. Um, yeah, symbol of the town, and cemented our status as the quote-unquote home of fish and chips. Mm. Shockingly enough, one invited in, Invited wasn't invented by white people in England. (laughs) Who knew? Imagine that. In Victorian times, the town became famous for the black jet jewellery that's mined or was mined along our shores. I think it's all depleted now.
2: Mm.
1: It was a favourite of Queen Victoria, who only wore black following the death of her husband, Prince Albert. And it was also one of the original Georgian and Victorian seaside towns and spa towns the town also is also part of the heritage coast uh in part due to the fossils that pretty much every kid for the last 75 years has collected on the beaches along the coast <laughs> probably much longer but like my auntie seven seventy 75 i'm not sure she doesn't listen doesn't matter and i know that like when she and my dad and my uncle were kids they used to collect fossils we did when we were kids yeah. so sounds like fun we got a lot we got a lot of irons in the fire yeah yeah but perhaps the reason the town is most famous now is all because of the former abbey on the east cliff these imposing haunting ruins inspired an irish writer by the name of bram stoker to set part of his most famous work in whitby's old town i am of course talking about dracula Mm -hmm. Dracula's ship washes up on Tate Hill Sands, uh, one of, which is one of the beaches on the east side of town. And in the years since, Bra- since Brac- Dracula, <laughs> in the years since Dracula and Bram Stoker, there have been plenty of other books uh, and series set in the town, including supernatural stories, crime thrillers, and other works based on the town's rich history of folklore. I've also got the Moors right next to us. Like I technically live in the Moors National Park,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is. Also got its fair share of folklore and oh, yeah. stories and everything. I'm sure. I, I love where I live. <laughs> um, this, uh, set in, the set setting of part of Dracula's story is what led to the town hosting a get-together of goths in 1994, which became Whitby Goth Weekend and is now the biggest goth festival in the world. Oh. And is happening literally right now as I write this. As we record this And as you guys listen to it When it comes out on Halloween Wow This festival is like happening It's literally starts Today, Thursday As we're recording
0: Wow
1: Um, I haven't been for a number of years And I'm not going this year Because of COVID And because my gran has COVID So Fair enough I'm staying away Yeah But yeah I used to go all the time It's incredible hmm. So With all the, that in mind I'm going to tell you Some some of the ghost stories behind my hometown that I don't remember from my childhood. Well, as well, I looked them up on like online, and as I was reading them, they started to sound a bit familiar. But I don't remember. Yeah. Being told them like in a class. Yeah, yeah. In like a library class, being. What you didn't have scared. like
0: terribly horrific stories read to you when you were six years old.
1: Uh, not that I remember.
0: You're really missing Probably. out. You're- clearly
1: i mean there was i mean i think like quicksand featured heavily (laughs) yeah because that seems to be a thing all kids are taught about it is what the hell (laughs) (laughs) so yeah the first story is the bargeist or bag guest uh and this is found throughout sort of northeastern english folklore and it's kind of our version of like a hellhound oh the name literally translates to town ghost according to Northern Old English, although some translate it as bear ghost or mountain ghost from the German because when you look at it spelt out, it can be translated straight from German. Huh. Uh, legends go that the Bargeist or guest is a large black dog with red eyes who hides in snickleways, which are side alleys. So Snickleways, we don't really say, they say that in York, which is an hour away from me, but I just love Snickleways. I've never heard of a Snickleway before. (laughs) No. It's a very specific (laughs) (laughs) geographic reference. I like it. I'm going to start using that. Um, Yeah, so this is a big black dog that hides inside alleys, or Snickleways, as I hope everyone is going to start saying. He is an omen of death. He's always referred to as he. Hmm. An omen of death. Some say that he preys on lone travellers, others say that he haunts those who will soon die, or those who are dying, visible only to them and nobody else. Before appearing, those soon to die hear the sounds of rattling chains, as well as snarling and howling. Obviously can't see him. Yet.
2: Oh, God.
1: Mm. Other versions of his story claim that he will lay across the threshold of the home of a person who will soon die, uh, the Bargeist Barg-geist is also unable to cross water, much like a vampire. Although there's no stories of him like drinking blood or, or being nocturnal or anything else in like the vampire lore. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the crossing of water. Yeah. Uh, Bargeist is found all over the northeast of England, most notably York, Leeds, Durham, and the limestone gorges of the Yorkshire Dales. And, of course, the old alleyways in Whitby. Oh, I would not want to
0: come across that particular pooch. Thank you very much. No. Um,
1: I, can, I can see how all these stories come from, because middle of winter, dark, cold, misty, cause we get a lot of fog being right on the east, obviously being a coastal mm-hmm. region. It's like, I can see how all these stories appear. Oh, yeah. It's a very spooky town. Yeah, it
0: sounds like, yeah, it's like sort of the prime environment for this Mm. kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, So as well as hellhounds, we also have plenty of ghosts, as you would expect from an old spooky town. As well, you should. Yeah. And one of the most famous is the Oyster Man. Oh. So before oysters became like an expensive aphrodisiac food, they were very cheap and very common especially in like coastal areas and fishing ports, Whitby is both, <laughs> where they can be caught in abundance or imported in abundance easily. Mm. And Whitby used to be a massive fishing port. Not so much now, it's very small local fishing, mm. but it used to be fucking busy. Um, many, many, many years ago, I don't know when this story is from, but it's a very old story. A poor old man known as the Oyster Man of Whitby went from pub to pub, and we have many pubs in the town, (laughs) uh, selling oysters to make a few bob. He went into one pub called the Golden Lion Inn, which is halfway up Golden Lion Bank. Appropriate. I have been in many years ago, never been sober when I've started in there, so (laughs) I couldn't tell you what it's like these days anyway. (laughs) So he went in trying to sell his oysters to the patrons. Uh, he would shout, oysters alive-o when he entered, and usually people would rush to get some cheap grub.
0: Hey, I would. I love an oyster.
1: I hate seafood. Ugh. I really am. It, it, that's, that's the thing, like, everyone's obsessed with like eating fish and chips in Whitby, and I'm just like, nope, <laughs> bad sausage all the way. <laughs>
0: that's fair. It's also a good choice.
1: But this particular night, a man named John Smith very generic name, also the name of like a big Yorkshire brewery, mm. uh, John Smith, or oh, not a brewery, um, a beer that comes from a Yorkshire brewery, so I only found one source that used the name John Smith, so might not have been his real name, <laughs> <laughs> it's just been ascribed to him over the years. Yeah. So John Smith was in Golden Lining, and he was looking for a fight. Oysterman was his unfortunate target. Mm. After selling some of his oysters and enduring the insults and abuse from John Smith, the Oyster Man packed up his little basket to leave the pub, but before he left, he returned a few insults of his own, which angered John Smith even more. So Smith grabbed the oyster basket from the man and threw it on the fire, threatening to throw the small elderly man on the fire after them. Oh, the- crap. Just rude. Yeah. The Oyster Man took out a small knife used for opening the oysters, and stabbed John Smith, just the once. Somehow, he managed to pierce Smith's heart with the tiny blade, killing a much bigger, younger man. (laughs) I cannot imagine killing someone with an oyster knife. Me neither. (laughs) Uh, The oyster man was found not guilty of murder, but his guilt haunted him for the rest of his life, which was in fact only about a year, (laughs) because he died a year later supposedly because of the guilt. Until he died, he continued to sell his oysters at the pubs around town, but avoided the golden lion. The legend goes that on cold, dark, misty nights, the Oyster Man can still be heard shouting, Oysters (sighs) Alive-o.
2: I like it. Feisty little
0: oyster seller. Yeah. Sounds like Um, I I would be friends with that guy. Cheap oysters. Free oysters, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, so those are like my two favorite kind of spooky tales from my hometown. So Whitby and like, the surrounding North York Moors National Park has many, 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 many ghost stories. And I could fill a whole year's worth of episodes telling you all of them. <laughs> and if, if I offered to do that, Taylor will cry. <laughs> so instead, I shall leave you with a special honorable mention in keeping with our recent theme. Of maritime slash nautical cases And that is the ghost of the Western Lighthouse Or the West Light- Lighthouse Called both at times So there's two main piers uh, in Whitby One either side of the harbour mouth East and West And they obviously mark the entrance into the town From the sea, each one has a lighthouse Now the lighthouses are no longer operational There is a lighthouse further round the cliff away um, which you can't see from the town mm-hmm. But you can visit the West Lighthouse The East Lighthouse and pier Are in like quite bad states of repair And currently being restored They have linked up the the stone pier To the extension mm. which like, uh, So there's the stone piers And then there's a little extension A little bridge onto an extension That's also stone mm-hmm. The link for the east pier At least 30 years hasn't been there Because I've never seen it And I've never walked on it <laughs> They've finally restored it. Well done, well done. Yeah. But the West um the West one you can visit and walk along the pier. Nice. So when the lighthouses were in regular use one night, many years ago, during a huge storm, a keeper noticed that the light wasn't lit uh, in the West Lighthouse. So he went down to the lighthouse to light the lamp. These are very small lighthouses, they're not like the big remote ones like the Isles. Flannon Isles one we talked yeah. about Like where the keepers live In the building so These are very tiny ones The keepers just live nearby mm-hmm. uh, This stormy night A keeper set off to light the lamp Battling you know torrential Wind and rain However when he climbed the steps Up to the lamp and lit the lamp He dripped Water all over the steps From his coat and his shoes and his hat Oh And when he began his descent back down to the ground, he slipped. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. The story goes that he hit every single step on his way down. By the time he hit the ground, he was dead.
0: I mean, yeah. I'd be dead if I hit them all, too. Uh,
1: Yeah. The keeper supposedly haunts the lighthouse. And as I say, visitors can go and look around. something I've never done because you don't do these things when you live somewhere. Um, but you' are coming to visit me at some point, so we will go and do know, all this stuff. have to
0: see the lighthouse ghost
1: yeah, uh, so visitors have reported seeing uh the ghost of this keeper just on the floor, oh. just, just just laid out, and others have reported seeing him near the lamp on dark and stormy nights. Ooh. nice that is my uh whistle stop tour of whippy ghosts. I like it those are like very good, like. Classic, yeah. Fog rolling
0: in, mm. sort of. Yeah, yeah. Really, I like them. Sort of Dickensian, almost. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I think because of like the history of like Dracula and Bram Stoker and everything, all these, all these old folklore stories, everyone kind of like positions them around sort of a late Victorian yeah, period. Yeah, totally. Like, or like turn of the nineteenth uh, century. Mm-hmm. 20th century century. 19th into 20th i knew what i meant um so i think like we tend to position them there because that's like dracula is like the biggest kind of thing we have now
0: yeah
1: there's like so much history in the town like everywhere but just whitby really attracts the macabre
0: yeah
1: um but yeah i think because of like the dracula connection we tend to like sort of position everything as being around the same time period yeah which is like
0: Traditionally, a pretty spooky fucking time period.
1: Yeah,
2: so it it works. Mm. So yeah, I like it.
0: I'm glad. Yeah, I hope everyone else does as well. I'm gonna have to read read up more about these um bar bar guests.
1: I I love these. The links I've put in, they have got some more ghost stories from around uh Whitby, so you can read some more. Yeah. Um, should you wish to. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's just just a little fun spooky story session, you know? Yeah. If you're you're looking for something scary this Halloween.
1: Yeah. And if you if you like these kind of things, tell us because like I say at some point Taylor is coming to visit yeah. and we can do some more of these yeah. things. Around like Whitby and the moors and stuff because it's it, it like I love it because it's where I'm yeah. from but I do think it's a really spooky area and all that so I'll stop booming up my hometown. So. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it's definitely finish. really cool. Like now I have to do I don't
0: have to try to see if I can figure out any ghost stories from like where I'm from. I Feel like the towns I'm from are like too small. I know we talked about it a little bit in one of the like. I think in the Hazel Drew episode.
1: Yeah, and you've also got, like, the New England vampire as well. Yeah. Which, obviously, is... is that was Rhode Island, though, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, Mas, Massey Brown, but... I
0: think there's a lot... I think there's probably a lot in Boston, them. so...
1: I was just going to say, the fucking witch trials.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, but... Yeah. um,
2: So, yeah.
1: So, yeah. And, uh, yeah... We had to had to really sort of limit ourselves, otherwise we would have talked a lot longer. Yes.
0: And uh Yeah. yeah. Um Hopefully. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to to this and to all of our <laughs> Halloween offerings this year. Um <laughs> and if you've missed any, which is probably easy to do because they were coming out left and right and center, uh, you know they're they're there for you. Go check them out. Um and uh and you should should use next week to to do that and to catch up because we're tired. Uh so next week we're taking a nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and, but these were fun to do and kind of like yeah, nice to get out of our usual wheelhouse as well.
1: Yeah i really enjoy this because like there's so many things i find when researching and writing i'm like oh that'd be really interesting but it's not really true yeah it doesn't quite
0: fit but it's kind of adjacent kind of thing
1: yeah so i like having this month to shoehorn everything in yeah exactly if you guys ever have like
0: a a ghost story or something you want us to tell we could do that as a bonus episode or something on patreon so let us know yeah um and until then, uh, we will see you again on November 10th with, can you believe it, episode 90.
1: And you know what that means? Scotland! We're going north of the border again. Yay, Scotland! Uh, so yeah. And it's, it's a cool
0: one. You'll like it. Yes. Mm. Look forward to it. Uh, and we'll
1: see y'all then.
0: Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank
1: you so much. Yeah. For for listening. We'll see you then. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Happy Halloween. <laughs>